smooth liquor trickling down his throat helped numb the searing pain in his arm. He tossed the empty bottle into the snow, wiped his mouth with the back of his glove, and set off to rejoin his comrades. He would brag that he'd been wounded fighting a gang of fascists. The soldier trudged a few steps in the snow only to stop as his sharp ears picked up the tick-tick sound of the car's engine cooling down. He squinted at the large, grayish smudge in the moon shadows. A suspicious scowl appeared on his broad, peasant face. He slipped his machine gun from his shoulder and brought it to bear on the vague object. His finger tightened on the trigger. Four headlights blazed on. The powerful inline eight-cylinder engine roared into life and the car sprang forward, its rear end fishtailing in the snow. The Russian tried to dodge the oncoming vehicle. The corner of the heavy bumper caught his leg and he was thrown to the side of the road. The car slid to a stop. The door opened and the driver got out. The tall man walked through the snow to the soldier, his black leather overcoat slapping softly against his thighs. The man had a long face and a lantern jaw. His close-cropped blonde hair was uncovered even though the temperature was below zero. He squatted next to the stricken man. "'Are you hurt, Tavarich?' he said in Russian. His voice was deep and resonant, and he spoke with the detached sympathy of a physician. The soldier groaned. He couldn't believe his bad luck. First that German bitch with the knife, now this. He cursed through spittle-covered lips. "'Damn your mother! Of course I'm hurt!' The tall man lit a cigarette and placed it between the Russian's lips. "'Is there anyone in the farmhouse?' The soldier took a deep drag and exhaled through his nostrils. He assumed that the stranger was one of the political officers who infested the army like fleas. Two fascists,' the Russian said. "'A man and a woman.' The stranger went inside the farmhouse and emerged minutes later. "'What happened?' he said, again kneeling by the soldier's side. I shot the man. The fascist witch came after me with a knife. Good work. He patted the Russian on the shoulder. You're here alone. The soldier growled like a dog with his bone. I don't share my loot or my women. What is your unit? General Galitsky's 11th Guards Army, the soldier replied with pride in his voice. You attacked Nemensdorf on the border. The soldier bared his bad teeth. We nailed the fascists to their barns. Men, women, and children. You should have heard the fascist dogs scream for mercy. The tall man nodded. Well done. I can take you to your comrades. Where are they? Close by. Getting ready for another push west. The tall man gazed toward a distant line of trees. The rumble of huge T-34 battle tanks was like distant thunder. Where are the Germans? The swine are running for their lives. The soldier puffed on the cigarette. Long live Mother Russia. Yes, the tall man said. Long live Mother Russia. He reached into his overcoat pulled out the luger and placed the muzzle against the soldier's temple. Auf Wiedersehen, comrade. The pistol barked once.
The stranger slid the smoking pistol into its holster and returned to the car. As he got behind the wheel, a hoarse cry came from the passenger in the back seat. You killed that soldier in cold blood. The dark-haired man was in his mid-thirties, and he had the handsome, chiseled face of an actor. A thin mustache adorned a sensitive mouth. But there was nothing delicate about the way his expressive gray eyes burned with anger. I simply helped another Ivan sacrifice himself for the greater glory of Mother Russia, the driver said, speaking in German. I understand this is war, the passenger said, his voice tight with emotion. But even you must admit the Russians are human, like us. Yes, Professor Kovach. We are very much alike. We have committed unspeakable atrocities against their people, and now they are taking their revenge.